Welcome to Beauty in the Brain. I am here with my ever so favorite and better other half, Dr. David Haggerty. And we have some incredible questions once again from all of you. Keep writing them in. They're so great. Here's one that I actually have never heard before. And I guess I have this question for you too, David. Do you ever get cured completely from depression or do you stay prone forever? This is going to be a fun one. So like (laughs) strap your seatbelt in. Get ready for a wild ride. Let's do the disclaimers first. Doctoral candidate, not a doctor yet, but we're getting there. (laughs) And also not that kind of doctor. I have the letters (laughs) after my name, not the white lab coat, write a script for you kind of doctor. (laughs) But this is like the weird crux of the state of what we know about the science of mental illness and what we know from like the social psychology epidemiology you know like realm of psychology that sort of existed there are many people who will feel psychiatric symptoms who will then go on to not feel those symptoms ever again does that mean you are cured is like a very interesting question to me so like just like some fun facts of just like framing the issue. A lot of people, and like rightfully so, that think like the schizophrenia diagnosis is sort of the end of the line. I don't want to say most, but a handful of people make full recoveries from schizo- like from a diagnosis of schizophrenia. So like, this is always wow. mind-blowing to people. Like just because you get diagnosed with schizophrenia does not mean that you will be schizophrenic for the rest of your life. And like most people think that like the more severe the diagnosis that you get means the more severe you will have this for the rest of your life. Like, don't get me wrong. There are people that struggle with this for a lifetime. I'm not trying to say that, you know, like, so we snap our fingers and we're all better. But like, you can think about like, you know, like autism is sort of thought of as like a, you know, different than a mental health disorder, but it's in the same diagnostic and statistical manual that we use to diagnose. If you get diagnosed with autism as a kid, you will likely say that you are autistic for life. But there are people who are defined as autistic who make strides in their symptom presentation that don't really to an untrained or like unobserved eye would know that these people have an autism diagnosis. So like what I'm getting at is there's this part of like the social performance aspect of it, of do you have a diagnosis and do you have symptoms concurrently that make functioning and actioning and like a normal society difficult for you? If you do, are you diseased? And if you don't, are you cured? A lot of psychology has looked at it from this perspective of like, if you're actively symptomatic, you have your disease. If you're non-symptomatic, but you had a diagnosis at one time, like maybe you are cured. But my world of brain science, you know, like neuroscience, modern understanding of the brain is maybe you're not. You know, like there's this like from the way that I look at it is is if the brain is a series of connections, like your brain is not a muscle, it's just a big lard of fat kind of, and there's electricity and chemicals in it. It's super weird. Nobody really knows. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Love that description. My brain is a lard of fat. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like a bunch of fat, kind of heavy. There's a bunch of liquid in there. I need to get you to hold a real brain. That's what we'll have the next time we see each other. Whoa, (laughs) crazy. Um. But you know what I mean? Like, so like there's this, this, there's this approach of, you know, like when I tell people my diagnosis and the world that I operate in, 
they assume that I'm cured because they could say, how could you have that diagnosis and also do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like how there's could you a, have, yeah. how mm-hmm. could you be bipolar, bipolar too? And, and also function at this sort of like high level, you know what I mean? Like, right. Which is kind of very insulting, but also, you know, like there's some truth to it. You know, like the, the reason stereotypes ex- exist is because there's some element of fact to them, whether it's hurtful or not. You know what I mean? Like, but from a, what we're getting a better understanding of, of like doing basic neuroscience research is that I'm a fundamental believer and that all mental illness is in fact disease. And that disease manifests itself in changes in brain signaling or changes in the way that your brain works. And maybe those changes are plastic in the sense that you can disrupt them and get disease. And if you fix them, the disease will go away. But there's also the case where the brain changes happen and they stay that way. And you learn, they never go back, but you learn to deal with the symptoms better. Mm-hmm. So like you look like, like you're, you have tools cured, that help you, but the right underlying right. pathology is sort of still there. So like, th- this is the third option now of like my focus on how do we cure mental illness or cure depression or cure schizophrenia or bipolar disorder is if we fix the changes in the brain, or if we address those changes with some sort of pharmacology or treatment therapy or CBT or something, if we rewire the brain or figure out how the wiring got disrupted in the first place, does that change the behavior? Hmm. So my thought question is, is, is behavioral change back to normalcy cured? And I don't have an answer for you, but I think it's a very fundamentally different way of thinking about the question. If, yeah. if you look at, if you look at the things that we do mm-hmm. to treat mental illness, whether that's wellness approaches or cognitive behavioral therapy or, you know, pharmacotherapy approaches, you know, Prozac, you know, like all the, the drugs that we have or the combination of all of them. My sort of research question is what is the net effect of how the brain works by doing those things? Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe doing CBT rewires your brain and fixes disruptions that are genetic or epigenetic that change the way that your brain functions. Maybe these things are curable in the sense that like, like a solid cancer or something, we can cut it out of your body and then your body will function normal again. And then you won't feel the way that you do anymore, but nobody really knows. And it's probably a combination of both. So my long winded answer here is like, yeah, maybe you can be cured. Like maybe your symptoms can go away and you can go back to normal functioning and not have, you know, like overwhelming amounts of depression or anxiety or, you know, right, like right. these symptoms can get better. But the question is, is has your brain actually changed? And nobody knows the answer yet. So I think it's just like super cool of like looking at this way of, you know, like a lot of people look at cure and the way that we sort of define cure around like you get the flu and then you don't have the flu anymore and you're cured. Right this, that copy and paste to brain disorders and illnesses does not compute, doesn't work. Right. You, can, you can't even think about it in the same way because you'll just set yourself up for failure because a lot of people want to be cured. Like I understand that urge and instinct. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I want to be cured too, but like, yeah, <laughs> I think that changing the question or changing the way that you understand what the word cure means is 
kind of like a, a step in therapy you need to go through yourself mm-hmm. along the lines of like, you know, like a lot of us are hoping and praying for a cure and the way that we would hope and pray for a cure for cancer. But the brain is such a different organ and has such different control over your body that maybe we need to start feeling more comfortable with the idea of if we can manage or decrease the amount of unwanted symptoms that we have Mm -hmm. associated with the diagnoses that we have, maybe we should think of that as a cure. Like maybe we should like personally, individually find some solace in the fact that it might come back, but we can get back to a state that allows us to be functioning again. And in the interim, that seems like a pretty good place to hang out in until we understand the brain a little bit more. But like, there's a lot of people that I know there's people in the clinics that when we go and, you know, I get to work next to clinicians and talk to people who are, you know, suffering from the things that I study in lab. A lot of them are really frustrated because that cure word doesn't compute or doesn't exist to them yet. You know, like they'll get to a good place in treatment and they'll be like, I feel great, but I'm concerned that I'm not cured. And that anxiety sometimes can cause a relapse. You know, like I, you know what a I lot of the stuff so... I work on is, you know, like, you know, the fun question that I always get asked is, you know, like I've been doing a lot of alcohol research lately, you know, like, is there a cure for alcoholism? Like you could be abstinent from alcohol. Mm-hmm. You might've not had a drink in 20 years. Does that mean you're cured? I don't know, but we need to put more weight in the fact of like, Hey, you haven't had a drink in 20 years and you're doing really well. So like, even though I can't answer the cured question, like for all intents and purposes, like in this environment and in this time point, like, yeah, you are. Yeah. Like your brain still might have, you know, changes that are long lasting, you know, like you might not win the genetic lottery. That might be a lot of this, you know what I right. mean? And, that, and that's they're... honestly the truth, right? It is a genetic mm-hmm. lottery for a lot of it. I, and I think that what I find so fascinating about this question that we got is I never even sitting talking about my mental health and my bipolar disorder and just my brain in general, I never thought that there was a cure for bipolar disorder. I never questioned, oh, I wonder if there's a cure for me. I never even had that programmed in my head, except for when I read this question earlier, I was like, Oh my God, wait, is there a cure that I just don't know about? But it's, it, it is funny because I, I don't know if it's just because of the way that I was diagnosed and that I've been living with it for an X amount of years. And now I'm finally speaking about it and learning more about it every single day. But I never thought like, oh, I have, you know, I don't have diabetes, but it would be something like like that. I would use an yeah. example mm-hmm. of there is there a cure for for people who are diabetic? You know, mm-hmm. is there a cure for, you know, some disorder that you yeah. have? But I never would have in a million years thought, is there a cure mm-hmm. for my bipolar disorder? Is there a cure for my brain? Yeah. Um, so I think the way that you just worded that was was fantastic. And I, I think that as long as you also, my advice as not someone who's in the medical <laughs> field at all, um, take it or leave it, do as I do and don't think that there is a cure. You know, don't live in that future of, well, maybe in five years there's going to be a cure and it's going to be completely gone. You can't think that way um, yeah. because then you're going to be living in the future and living in the future while that's great um, is also completely detrimental 
Because once you hit that future spot of, oh, in five years, you're going to get that cure. That cure's not there in five years. You just totally ruined everything for you because you yeah. just destroyed all of your expectations and yourself. So please do not live in the future. Do not think that there's going to be a cure. Just figure out the tools that can help it just be a little bit better, you know? And, and I know like specifically with bipolar disorder, right? There are days where I'm like, I feel amazing. I'm not going to take my medicine. Yeah, and that's them. kind of the, yeah, <laughs> and that's the worst thing that you could possibly do is uh, feel like it's okay. But then there's also realistic of, you know, you can't be on the medication that I'm on if you're pregnant. Now I'm not pregnant. Mm -hmm. I'm not having a baby right now, but that's just something that that's factual. And it's doing the research of how can I protect my brain, protect my child and, and go through all of these steps at the same time. So, it, but if I were to think, Oh, there's going to be a cure. So I'm going to wait for this cure to happen. And then I'm going to have a baby and then I'm going to have this life. Um, you can't think that way. You're setting yourself up for, 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 failure and it, you're living in fear as far as I'm concerned, because you, you can't deal with the reality. The reality is some of us have mental health. Some of us have problems with our brains and there's nothing to do to fret about it. It's all about just finding the tools, seeing what works for you, talking to doctors, doing whatever juju you need to do to make yourself um, understand that it is something that that's here and it may be staying and um, let's make the most of it. The word cure implies that there's some sort of dysfunction that if we snap our fingers and get rid of, then things will get better. And that really, it's, it's really applicable in some medical worlds, you know, like. Absolutely. You know, there was a plague. We cured the plague. It doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Like, right, this right. works well, but like, it doesn't work well for some other things, you know, like mental illness just happens to be one of them, you know, right. like it does work for some things in the brain that aren't mental illness. I mean, like, I'd love to come up with a cure for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's tomorrow. You know, like if we right. can make it not happen, you would be okay. But you know, like around things like emotional, executive, cognitive function around these sorts of realms that like encapsulate what mental health problems are. The idea that, you know, there's more synapses in the brain than there are stars in the understandable universe. You know what I mean? Like we're in the tens of wow. billions, you know, like to, to figure out the wiring diagram is going to take a little bit longer. And then like Just figure out where it went. Yeah. And then to figure out where it went wrong and then develop some sort of treatment that fixes it uh. like in a very precise manner, you know, like it's going to take a long time. I think that it's, if we're going to operate in this standpoint of like, you know, like throw that moonshot out there. Like we got it. Like as a scientist, like I work on the cure every day, you know what I mean? Like that's what right. I'm trying to do. But like in the interim, while it does not exist, I think that there's a lot of benefit in rephrasing the way that you look at it and saying, mm -hmm. you know, like, unfortunately, this is something you're going to have to do on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be symptomatic and sick all the time. You know what I right. mean? Like right. there will be large swaths of your life where you will still have a diagnosis, but you will be totally functional and you mm -hmm. won't feel these sorts of things. And like, yes, you might have to take medication to manage it. Like, yes, you might have to do other things to manage it that are non-medication, like, talk therapy or you know like wellness approaches and like it will right. always be something that sort of comes back it's like a bad sports injury in many ways you know that will like haunt you for years down the road mm. but if we if we look at these moments of where we're not actively symptomatic as like great holding places and start to value those places more and not like 
get there and then be upset because the cure doesn't exist and like the fear of falling back is always there. I think that we can take a lot of, you know, a lot of the teeth out of always feeling like the other shoe is about to drop. And I think that like learning to be comfortable in those places where, you know, like the cure may or may not exist. And I don't know on what timeline or what it would ever look like. It it provides some sort of peace to me. And I hope it does to others, you know, like not to say we're, you know, we're working on new treatments every day, you know, we're, we're getting close to having, you know, TMS and some other like brain, like topical brain magnet stuff turn. What's TMS? Transmagnetic cranial stimulation. So we put the old coil next to your head, like a wireless phone charger, basically, next to your brain. We spin a bunch of electrons and it turns your neurons on and off. We think it's going to be the first treatment for alcoholism that isn't one of the three drugs that we currently use. So like, there, the stuff is happening. Whoa, like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, we're getting there. But it just, like, it takes a while. It, we have to validate these things. You know what I mean? Like, if that right. goes wrong, it goes very wrong. So it's not, like, me saying, like, go try TM. You know what I mean? Like, we need right, to, right, we need right, to right, vet right. these things. But, like, you can get wrapped up in it. My grandma had really bad cancer. It was very rare. You know, unfortunately, we lost her. But I remember that, like, time frame of being, like, well, what's the next clinical trial? Like, what's the next treatment? Like, what's the next mm-hmm. therapy? You know what I mean? Like you know unfortunately cancer has a smaller time window but like i don't understand how i would operate in a space for the next 45 years waking up every day and being like what's going to be the cure like being consumed by it Mm -hmm. so i think you just have to sort of take the power out of the word and be like hey understand where the word cure came from understand the medical system a little bit and then like sort of like you know take the power out of it and understand that like hey like if I'm not symptomatic, sometimes that's great enough. I might carry around this diagnosis with me for the rest of my life. I might not be actively hurting in those moments, but in the interim, like reframing that word, I think does a lot of good for a lot of people and like a weird sort of way. Like I'm trying to sell you that not having a cure is a good thing right now, which is like wild, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's kind of that spot that we're in right now of like, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of things to understand. Um, and we'll get there and we'll come up with better drugs and we'll come up with better therapies. And like, hopefully like someone will be able to point at this episode in 15 years from now and like laugh at me for being horribly wrong. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hope that's the situation, but in the interim, like, listen, I hope that at. anyone's looking back and watching this and laughing. If they laugh, then that, then I've done my job. You know what I mean? Like not to get like totally serious and like nerd out on this question, but I mean, like it really is like I, for the people that have it the worst. And like the people that I talk to that are like, they're really consumed by this. You know, they get the, the fear of the other shoe dropping or reverting back to a place you don't want to go to is like a main driver mm-hmm. of like feeling sick in this world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we don't talk about mental health, like being in remission the way that we would cancer, but like a lot of people get to these spots where it's kind of in remission and then they let their foot off the gas and they stop doing the coping mechanisms that were healthy and they go back to their old ways and then like a relapse happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. if we change the way that we think about treatment, we change the way we think about cures. And I think that that does a lot of good right now. So I, I don't know totally if there's a cure. Agree. I'd like to bet on it. It's job security for me. So. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. No, but it, but it's very true. And I think that mm-hmm. all you can do as a human, because we're all just humans on this world. And if the aliens are out there, please come take me already. I'm ready. Um, but being humans, all we can do is live our life in the present, go every single day, 
don't look to the future of, you know, is someone going to save the day? Because the odds are no one's going to save anything. We have to save ourselves and we have to do all we can to yeah. try to, to work on ourselves. And I'm and I, I'm aware I'm probably going to be bipolar for the rest of my life. And I'm really sorry for anyone who's in my life. If I'm not going to be on medication during that time. Um, my apologies ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I, I have to accept it. Acceptance mm-hmm. is, is the first is, is the key to all of this, right? I yeah. have to accept there will never be a cure. I also have to accept the fact that the odds are kind of against me that my child most likely will be bipolar as well, right? Being genetic. So, you know, it, it, it's all about just do all the, the um, research and learn all the facts and get all the information, soak that all up, learn as many tools as you can, whether they be Eastern medicine or Western medicine, who gives a F? Just do all the research, take it all in, see what works for you, see what doesn't work for you, and fuck cure. Bye. Like, no, that word does not yeah. exist right now. We have to pretend that house, doesn't exist. In this house, like that word does not exist. We like treatments and new treatments. We don't like cures. That's right. We love a If treatment. someone tries to sell you a cure right now, it's not real. Run we away. Do treatments. We do treatments here. Treat yourself good, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Damon. <laughs>